Uh, it's great to see you all here this morning. How are you all doing? Yeah? Thanks, Joe. You did a fantastic job this morning just with your leading and, and your team. It seems like yesterday that we were like sitting in Dad's van and going to school. And <laughs> you're doing a great job with as a, as a mum and just love the way that you just bring the presence of God into our worship and uh, into our house and and the way that you love the kids and you love the house and, and love you guys. Incredible. And I uh, just encourage you to pray for uh, Pastor Mike. He's, uh, he's pretty tired at the moment. He's doing quite a long stint of ministry and um, he's not going to do that again. I think he's realised he's not 21 again. And uh, just want to encourage you to pray for him. He just had a massive opportunity opened up uh, just yesterday. Uh, we're just looking at bringing Apostle Maldonado out from... Uh, America next year, and, um, and he just got. He just sent me. Dad just sent me an email and said, "Hey, look, look at this invitation I've got." And Apostle Maldonado has invited Dad to speak in their um, school, uh, fivefold ministry training school next year. So it's just it's a fantastic opportunity that's opened up for him. But it's what it, what, what it means is this: it's not just that he goes and speaks there. It's a it's a relationship that's formed and. When the, and, and the life, life is formed through relationship. Life is exchanged through relationship, n- not just by distance. You know? And so uh, Apostle Maldonado is just an incredible man of God who's emerging in the world at this time. Uh, just, uh, ministries underneath him just seem to explode uh, in a good way, <laughs> not like the Pakistani way of exploding. <laughs> and so just tr- tremendous growth. And he's, he just, he's like... He's like a younger version of Dad. He's just an incredible man of God, and uh, he's, except he's Spanish and short like Dad, but he's big and he's got a big voice. So he's fantastic. You'll love him. So, uh, just encourage you to pray. It's just going to be a great, great time. I believe we're in just an incredible season right now uh, in the church and in our lives. And uh, so, just encourage you just to just to hold one another in prayer and hold us all in prayer as we just make decisions and we look to God for what He has in the future. What I do know. That's incredibly bright. Amen? And uh, for those of you that have invested into British pounds and maybe worried about what's going on over there, you know, I wouldn't worry so much because at the end of the day, uh, you know, the Bible says that kings and kingdoms will pass away, they'll come and go and they'll move, but the Lord still remains on the throne. And um, so we don't need to really worry too much about that. Um, So, yeah. Interesting that Singapore did the same thing. Singapore did the same thing probably about, uh, I don't know, six, how many years ago? They separated from Malaysia and everyone was worried about the whole thing was going to collapse. But what it did do was created a, an environment of innovation and now they've become quite a powerful nation in their own right. And so we don't really need to be worried about uh, what's happening in the world because we do know that these things will come and go. Wars will happen. There'll be times of peace. There'll be times of war. Uh, one of the things you may remember was I preached a little while ago on, on boundaries and, and culture shifts. And it was only just recently where, see, these things happen all the time. And, uh, but it's important, I believe, for us that we continually just uh, keep our lives focused on, on Jesus Christ and continually focused on his call and purpose for our lives. Amen? Keep him the center of your life and be tickety-boo, no problem at all. <laughs> uh, hey, I want to just share with you this morning uh, something I felt God's been speaking to me about. And uh, it, it, it's, it's about the power of a yielded heart power of a yielded heart, or a power, the power of a yielded life. 
And uh, it's just something I've since sensed that God has been speaking to me. And uh, I kind of look at the way people interact a lot. And um, I can see people where they're in a place of having a yielded spirit. Uh, or the opposite of that is where they're stubborn. <laughs> the opposite of having a, a yielded heart is being stubborn. And, uh, of course, no one knows anyone that's stubborn. But one of the things I notice about being a pastor is, uh, or even just noticing how people interact, is that people have a lot of frustration in their lives. People have a lot of tensions. People have a lot of pressure. Uh, I was talking to, is Raj, are you here this morning? Raj, Raj, just talking to Raj. Maybe I'll get you to share sometime. Raj is a podiatrist, right? He looks after people's feet. And... Um, not just the feet, but right up here. And he, he talked about, I'm not going to do it too much, but he, he talked a little bit about, about the effect of what people carry in their heart, how it affects their body. And uh, so it would be interesting to have you share sometime uh, where people carry anxiety, where people carry stress, where, where people carry frustration, how it affects actually their bones, how it affects their, their physical life. And uh, I see how a lot of people live in a place of frustration, and whether it's in in their marriages, whether it's with their kids, whether it's in any part of their life, they experience frustration. And often frustration is simply caused by uh, people that are stuck in their ways or people that are, um, life's not working out the way that they hoped or expected, and then they remain in a place of frustration. So stubbornness creates frustration. But yet the opposite of that is having a yielded life. And one of the things I've, um, I've just started to discover myself, uh, just through the journey of Learn to let things go to the Lord. Uh, it's not that I'm letting go of responsibility for my life, but what I am doing is I'm not allowing, uh, I'm, I'm entrusting my life to the Lord. And that's a continual process that we, had, we have to do. There are times when you know, I, I get frustrated. There are times where I was frustrated about issues of life. Um, and even coming into the, coming into the church, uh, you know, to a certain extent, could have been worried about how, how things would work out. One of the things I, I knew right from the start was that God was with me, and I just had to trust that. And even through the journey now, I don't feel like there's things I get concerned about and I, 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 I hold responsibility for. But in terms of my heart, I've had to learn to let go and entrust the Lord. The more I've let to learn to do that, the more free I become in here. So there's, there's, not too much, there's not too many things now that I lose sleep over, simply because I've had to learn to let go and to yield to the Lord. Let's look in the, in, in the scripture this morning in Proverbs chapter 3 in verse 1 to 12. Uh, we're just going to go down to, uh, down to verse 5. And it's my, it says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart, for they will prolong your life. <laughs> they will prolong your life. I look at people all around the world today. People are doing all sorts of things to, to put off the inevitable. Right? Eventually, people will die. But there are some things that you can, you, can, uh, you can shorten your life. Stress and depression, they can shorten a person's life. Uh, worry and anxiety, they can shorten a person's life very quickly. He's saying here, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep your, my commandments in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years. <laughs> And bring you peace and prosperity. I love that idea. <laughs> I don't want my life to be taken short. And I like to live a life of peace and have my life prospering. How many people do not want that? <laughs> uh, 
In verse 3, he says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. and Write them on the tablet of your heart. Verse 4, And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. This is what the verse I want to focus on today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not part of it. (laughs) Trust in the Lord. And that's where I think a lot of people get unstuck. We trust the Lord partly. Have you ever seen the... um, there's a Christian satire thing on, on the internet. It's called Babylon B. They take out some things that are, I mean, it's, of course, it's not true, but it, they take elements of truth and then they just take the mickey out of it a little bit. It is quite funny. You've got, you've got to see it with a sense of humour. Uh, but they had an article. And, and so the whole thing is not, I mean, it's fiction, uh, but they're just based on elements of truth. And, and there was, they wrote one article there where this girl had prayed after a long consultation of, and searching her heart. She's, she's decided to give a part of your life fully to God. And of course, it's not true, but it's actually what it does show is that it actually reflects a lot where people are at, that uh, we entrust part of our life, but not our whole life. And still wonder why we carry so much worry and anxiety. So it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways. Everybody say, all your ways. All, ways. all my ways. All my ways, not most of them, not part of them, but all my ways, all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. People are always looking for the fountain of youth. People are looking for all sorts of things to bring peace and prosperity to their lives and also to prolong their life. People, you don't have to look very far to see people are doing that. But Christ gives us the... the uh, the way to do that right here, and it's simply this, just follow God's instruction. Don't fight. Don't. And this is where the, the guts of where people live is that um, in all your ways, submit to him. In all your ways. The ways are one's characteristic or habitual manner or beha- of behavior or expression. In other words, it's a typical manner in which something happens or the way somebody believes. In other words, it's the outworking or the manifestation of your life decisions. And so the way that you do things, people have a way of living, people have a way of eating, people have a way, there's all sorts of ways of doing things. People have a a way of um, spending their money, people have a way of relating, Uh, some people relate differently to another, people have a way. And the ways that we do things, they're the outworkings of the decisions that we make. In other words, what we value in our heart, what we meditate on in our mind, uh, they affect the decisions that we make and they are manifested or they're translated into how we live our life. So people are often identified not just by their name but how they live their life, the way that they do things, the way a workman works, the way that you do your job. Do you do it in a way that's uplifting to the Lord or you do it wholehearted, or you do it wholeheartedly? Do you do it in a way where you're submissive to the Lord or do you do it in a way that's just, it, it, it's just self-seeking? All that ways, the way that we... The way that we raise our children, the way that we save for the future, the way that we think about life, the way that we uh, live our life, every part of our life, all the decisions that we make, because all of us at some point, all of us right now are in the process of building a life. We're either building a business, we're building a home, we're building a family, we're, we're doing something to build a life. We're not just existing, we're just, uh, I mean, many of you have kids, or some of you have been helping raise grandkids now. But all of us, to a certain degree, are building a life. 
And it's the way that we live our life. And one of the things that, uh, uh, with, with Pastor Mike a few weeks ago, he brought a message about some of the principles and the values that he's used in order to build the life that he has now. I encourage you to go back and get those. It's just a very powerful message. So in all your ways, submit to the Lord. All your ways, submit to the Lord. And this is where, I think for myself, I've really had to uh, go on a journey because it's not always easy to submit yourself. We don't always like to submit ourselves. Uh, let's just have a look at the story in, in Genesis, chapter, Genesis chapter 11 and verse 1 to 9. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 to 9. And this story takes place after a, a massive transformation in the world. We see that uh, it was only a few years before that, uh, that a flood came and destroyed the earth. And so these guys here, this is after, uh, after the flood that where Noah had started to rebuild the earth again. Right? And the Bible says that it's been the Tower of Babel. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass that as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. They said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower, whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the whole face of the earth. But the Lord came down to the city. Get, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad over the face, from there over the face of the earth, and they ceased building a city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because where the Lord confused the language of, the, of all the earth, and from there, the Lord scattered them all over the face of the earth. The amazing uh, thing that just happened where uh, the story takes place not long after the flood, where people had started to build new lives. Have you ever had a plan or an idea that sounded logical enough? And so we have these people here, they they've it wasn't that like, like the, in their memory, the, the flood was still in their imagination. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago where their whole world was just turned upside down. It wasn't that long ago where everything that they knew was just literally wiped off the face of the earth. And when we read that story, I was, I was starting to think, what is the problem there? What, is the, what was the issue that God had with them. I mean, surely we pray for unity. Here they were, they were in the place of unity. They all had one voice. So what was the problem? What was the problem? They were trying to rebuild a life for themselves again. They were trying to, they, they wanted to make a name for themselves on the earth. And all of us, like I said, to a certain degree, we're, we're building a life. Some uh, have come from a place of brokenness or, or despair. We're doing things that we're building a life. You're building family, you're being a whole, building a home, you're building a business. You're building something. So what is the issue here? One of the things that I thought I started to, I started to consider was it sounded logical enough, but was it actually the purpose of God? The way that we go about doing life, the way that we build a life, it can sound in, in many ways very logical. It can, very, it, it, can, it can sound fair and reasonable. But never once did they consider God 
in this. Never once did they consider God in the building of the city. In fact, one of the things that they, one of the things I saw about this is, was they thought this was a great idea because the whole concept was about the whole, uh, the driving force behind them was about preservation. How can we make a name for ourselves? How can we? You can see some of the words that the writer used that that we can make a a, a tower tall enough to reach the heavens. In other words, so doesn't matter what God does. Doesn't matter if God acts that way again, that we're going to save ourselves even from God. <laughs> They were going to build a, 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 a mountain high enough, a, a temple high enough, that even if the God floods the earth again, it still won't reach us, it won't, still won't damage us. The issue, the problem here was one, I believe they tried to do it without God. They tried to live their life without God. They tried to build a life without God, without even considering God in their decisions. They never once asked, never once reflected on God's purpose for their life. And it sounded reasonable enough. And for a lot of us, we live in a place of preservation. We live our lives trying to preserve what we have. But that was never God's plan. It was never God's plan. If you look at one of the things I really want to get into this morning is what was it, what was, who was driving this whole building a life thing? Who was it that was behind building this tower? Who was it? Because on the, fa- on the face value, it sounded noble. It sounded... It brought people into a place of agreement. It sounded noble. And things that sound logical often do. They bring people into a place of agreement. But often people don't reflect and say, was this actually what God wants to do in the first place? I believe one of the, one of the issues around this was they just tried to do it on their own strength. And often we, when we build a life, when we're building uh, something in our life, how often do we submit our ways to the Lord? How often do we submit our decisions? How long, how open do we submit our finances, the way that we spend, our life decisions? There are various various aspects of of building a life, working with kids, raising our children, in our marriage. How often do we hold on? How often are we stubborn? Or or how how much are we willing to yield? And I started to look at this, and it depends. Uh, So it was not the will of God. Preservation is not the will of God. So if we look in Genesis chapter 9 and verse 1, and God blessed Noah and his sons, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So what you have God's purpose was that they would be multiply and that they would fill the whole earth, not just part of the earth. But there was one person there they had a different thought. And the Bible describes it. His name is, uh, is, we look in Genesis chapter 10 and verse 8. And uh, so one of Noah's grandkids, his name was Nimrod. And in verse 8, he said, Cush begat Nimrod, and he began to be a mighty one of the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. The modern day is, is Babylon. And there's some other cities there. And from that land he went to Assyria and built Nineveh and Reboth and these other cities. <laughs> so we've got to understand what's going on inside Nimrod's. So the, the word Nimrod simply means this. Rebel or one who rebels. 
So although Nimrod's words or his, his actions sounded noble, actually it was motivated by a spirit of rebellion. He was motivated by other things that were inside of his heart. So instead of, uh, instead of following God's commandments, and, uh, and, instead of uh, following God's purpose that they would multiply the earth, obviously I believe for him it started to emerge. You can see in the scripture here that he was one who was a mighty hunter. He was one that was a strong hand. In other words, he was, he was, he was very gifted. And, uh, and, and therein lies the challenge for a lot of people because there's a lot of people here today you're very, very gifted, you're very, very talented, you have a strength in certain areas. And it's very easy to depend upon that strength. One of the things about uh, was, was Nimrod was this, his, at the core of his heart was that of rebellion. At the core of his heart, he was motivated by the spirit of rebellion. What you find is stubbornness and rebellion. They all come together. They are part of the same family. What it is, it's, it's, it's completely opposite to the plan and purpose of God. See, the kingdom of God operates in it with a spirit that is willing to yield. And so here we have this whole city of Babel, although it looked like, but the whole idea of it was about preservation. Where is it in our lives that we are attempting to build something, but never one question, Why? What's the motivation? What am I really trying to prove? Is there something that I'm trying to establish? Is there somewhere that I'm trying to get even? Is it, what's really driving what I'm, these decisions? So Proverbs, he says, submit your ways, submit all your ways to the Lord and he will direct your paths and bring you into a place of blessing and righteousness. But yet it's so easy for us to come into a place where we just try it on our own way. How many people tried? Just doing something your own way. Yeah. And it didn't work out. <laughs> I can still remember the words of people when I got caught into a way, a set way of doing something. I can still remember their words. David, why do you have to be so stubborn? <laughs> why are you just stuck in this way? What is it that you're trying to prove? What is it that you're trying to... What's going on inside of there that's even leading you into this place? Why are you so stubborn? Why can you not submit to a different way? Why can't you just yield? And when you have these kinds of tensions in your life, because we are relating to one another, we, you know, we're not, if you live separately, then you wouldn't have this, but unfortunately... We live with people, right? And when people start to get stuck in their ways of doing things, when people just simply won't yield, when people get stubborn, when people just choose in their heart, no, I'm going to do it my way, it creates a whole bunch of frustration in people's lives. I can guarantee this. When, if I started to speak into somebody's life about their frustrations, I reckon I could find at some point it would lead back to where two people are just not simply willing to budge. I could see it in a marriage where people are frustrated or having tensions in their marriage. Their, their marriage is not prospering. Right? I could guarantee, I could have a look. It wouldn't take me long to have a, listen to the conversation and I could find that there'd be two people 
stuck in their ways on certain issues. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. Unwilling to yield. Unwilling to just let go. Unwilling to just to say, just to concede. And this guy, Nimrod. Interesting that it was Nimrod that, this, I just got this off, um, uh, is written by a guy, a, a philosopher by uh, Josephus, who was a, who was a uh, just incredible writer. It was Nimrod that excited them to such to affront their contempt of God. He was, the, the, he was the grandson of Ham, the son of Noah. He was a bold man and a great strength of hand. He must have persuaded them not to ascribe to God as if it was through his means that they were happy, but to believe that it was in their own courage which procured their happiness. He also gradually changed the government to a tyranny seeking no other way of turning men from the fear of God, but bringing them into a consistent dependence upon his own power. He also said that he would be revenged on God if he should ever have the mind to drown the world again, for that he would build a tower too high from the waters to able to reach, and that he would avenge himself on God for destroying his uh, forefathers. The spirit of rebellion, it's a spirit that gets into people's lives and drives a lot of behavior. You can see it in kids. You can see it in the way that we live our lives. You can see it start to emerge. You don't have to train anyone. It's just something that starts to form inside of them. So Nimrod, he was, one of the things I could, uh, when you think back, he would reflect back on and start to blame God for what happened. I mean, some of these people, some of the men that he used to, may have used to fellowship with, wiped off the face of the earth. Restoring a broken uh, restoring a broken world again. And so Nimrod is in a place where his rebellion is coming from, I believe, anger, resentment at God. You know, sometimes life doesn't work out the way that we hope it would work out. Sometimes you get angry with God. It's very easy to get into a place where you start to blame God. And when you start to blame God, when you start to get angry at him, when you, even if it's passive, because one of the things I know about New Zealanders, most of the time we're passively aggressive. Passively aggressive. In other words, I'm angry, but I'm silent about it. And anger is largely motivated by fear. How much of that is driving the decisions that we make? When we're passive, passively aggressive, in other words, we're not outwardly punching or anything like that and violent, but how many people would be passively aggressive? Passive aggression is a form of stubbornness. It's simply about regaining power in our life. And it's largely where all the world's problems come from, about who's got power and who's got it. And fear is one of the aspects, that, that one of the, it's a spirit that drives a lot of, lot of behaviour. And you see, um, a, a passive aggression is where something would sound logical, sound fair enough, but actually it doesn't feel right. Passive aggression is where you will stick to your own ways no matter what. This is the way you see that it's gonna, something's going to happen. This is the way that you're going to build a life. This is the way that you're going to do something. And if anyone interrupts that, you will resist them in, an, in a passive way. In other words, you may not say anything, but your actions will reflect, actually, your anger. You're just still going to do it your own way. You're going to do it your own way no matter what anyone else says. 
This is how I'm going to spend my money. It doesn't matter how anyone else says. It doesn't even matter what my wife thinks about this. This is how I'm going to spend my money. I want to encourage you today. A lot of our lives could be a lot more happier. <laughs> a lot of our lives could come into a place of blessing and prosperity. If we just let go of our own stubbornness, if we just let go and start to deal with the spirit of rebellion in our own hearts, that I'll just do it my way no matter what. I won't even consider, actually, I just want to preserve what I've got instead of... Because preservation is largely built out of fear. When you operate out of just preserving what you've got, it tells me that you don't trust God to provide outside that. <laughs> when you're trying to preserve just what you have, I would suggest to you today that there's a spirit of fear that drives your life. Because this whole tower thing, as noble as it looked, as big as it looked, actually, it was motivated out of probably fear and rebellion. We're just going to do our own thing our own way. The sin is not necessarily that they built a tower, but the motivation that behind it. The tower was noble, they were all in one. They all looked good from the outside. Most Christians would look at that and say, whoa, what a fantastic facility you have. <laughs> what a big church you have. Look, it reaches right to the ceilings. But actually inside, it was never the purpose of God anyway. Inside, it was motivated by fear and trying to impress or trying to have our own thing, trying to preserve my own heart, my own life. One of the things I want to encourage you today is this. As God's plan that you won, like in Proverbs said, if you, if you listen to what I say, if you listen to my commandments and follow my instructions, submit your ways, submit all your ways to the Lord, and he will make your path straight. One of the things I've learned to do is this. There are things that come into my mind, there are things that I want to do that sound noble. Lord, I want to you, build you a great big Whatever. But actually, when I start to reflect on that a little bit more, it says, well, what's driving that? Who are you trying to impress and why? Or who are you, what are you trying to preserve? What are you afraid of if you don't do what, 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 What's really driving all this? When God speaks to you, when God starts to want to shape your life in some way, how is it that you respond? David, when he came to Ziklag, major shift in his life. <laughs> Everything that he loved, everything that he was guarded close to his heart, he turns up and he was completely gone, completely taken away, wiped away. The Bible says that even his own, they wept and cried until they had no more tears to cry. They were at the absolute end of themselves. All their hopes, their dreams, their wives, their kids, their kids, everything, just taken away. Even his own men were turning against David to wanted to kill him. And often when our lives, I mean, I don't know about you, but my life has not got to that point yet. But it's got to a point where you want to do things your own way. Uh, you want to avenge in your own way. You want to try and get back in your own way. There are things, there's times of pain in my own heart where the way I had to find healing was the wrong way because actually I just wanted to get revenge. The Bible says that this, that David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him. 
even at the David was an emotionally free man, incredibly emotionally free. But yet he also came to a point where he wasn't governed by his emotions. Even though he was an emotionally free man, he could he could dance free, naked before the Lord, or you know, with a well, a little bit. <laughs> but yet, even at the height of his painful times, he could still submit his ways to the Lord. And I believe it's the capacity to yield your life to the Lord, the, the capacity to have a spirit that is willing to yield. It may look weak to some, but actually having a spirit to yield, having a spirit that is willing to yield is what produces meekness in our life. And the meekness is strength. Meekness is power under control. It's basically saying, I have power, I have talents and I have abilities, I have all sorts of strengths that I could use and deploy in my life. However, I will submit these to the Lord and I will inquire of the Lord. I encourage you today, for some of you, you will face situations that would seem logical, that you would want to do things your own way. But I would encourage you today, check your motivation, check what's going on at your heart. Is it done just out of fear? Who are you trying to impress and why? How willing are we to yield our ways to the Lord? How willing, how open are we to lay our lives open before the Lord? And a lot of the times the Lord will use people to speak into us. Jesus gives us, the, the, the scripture gives us the key to having a, a long life and a, and a prosperous and peaceful life is learning to yield. The Bible says that the, weak, the, the meek shall inherit the earth. Where in our lives are we trying to build something on our own strength? Where is it that there's frustration in your life today? Is there frustration in the way that life is just working out for you? Is there frustration in your relationships? If there is, I would suggest then the first place to look would be in your own heart. The first question to ask is, where in my own heart am I trying to preserve something? Where in my own heart am I rebellious? Where am I just trying to save myself? The Bible says that whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. Whoever tries to save his life shall lose it. A lot of people get caught in that just in that tension where we want to save our life, we want to use, do, live our life in our own strength. But yet I believe this, when you give your heart, when you, in your own heart, you learn to humble yourself, learn to walk with humility, learn to submit your strengths, learn to submit in your own heart, submit the ways that you do life, submit everything that you do to the Lord, allow him to speak, allow him to shape in your heart. I believe this, that your life will prosper. I know for me, the more I've learned to let go, the more I've learned to let go, the more I've learned to let go of my pain, the more I've learned to let go of my fear, the more I have submitted my heart to the Lord, the more peace that I have. Nowadays, I can face situations and the things that used to worry me, the things that... that that used to cause me anxiety, the things that used to frustrate me, they don't anymore. It's gone. Why? I believe it's just simply because I've learned to submit my ways to the Lord. Simply allowed somebody to speak into my life. Simply allowed my life to be shaped. There are things I know that I can do on my own strength and would look okay, would impress people. 
but it's not going to impress God. I want to build a life that impresses God, not that impresses people. These people built a tower, were planning to build a tower that would lift up to the heavens, that every world could see, and it would impress the world. But it didn't impress God. If I'm going to build something in my life, I want it to be in an altar. Today we have a, a decision we can try and build a life on our own strength, by our own power, out of a spirit of rebellion, <laughs> spirit of stubbornness, spirit of fear. Or we can come to the altar with an open heart and say, Lord, I submit my ways to you. Examine my heart, Lord. Test me. Test my heart. Test my motives. Test my heart, Lord, please. It was a prayer of David, one of the most powerful kings ever to walk the face of the earth. Emotionally free, but carried a spirit of humility. Carried a spirit where he was willing to yield. Why don't you just close your eyes and just bow your heads. people of Babel let us make a name for ourselves let us build this big thing and let us make a name for ourselves God wasn't very happy at all about that my question to you this morning is where are you trying to make a name for yourself where are you trying to live your life out of preservation See, for these people, what it meant for them to follow the purpose of God. The purpose of God with them was to multiply and to fill the earth. That would require letting some things go. When you've come out of a, a rocky situation, when you've come out of the greatest disaster, the greatest turmoil what the, the world has probably ever seen, trying to build a life, you want to preserve, but yet God's saying, multiply and fill the earth. Sometimes to fulfill the purpose of God, you have to let go of things that are precious to you. You would have to let go of relationship. You have to let go of some things. You have to let go of some ways of doing things. These people were talking about preservation. How can, how can this never happen again? But yet purpose of God was to multiply where are we trying to hold on to our life where are we trying to preserve where God is saying multiply what do you have to let go of one day you're going to reflect back on this moment one day you're going to reflect back on your life when the time draws nigh to where you stand before the Lord give an account what will he say? Oh, I built an impressive thing, but it was not really your purpose for my life. I didn't even inquire. I didn't even ask you. 
I just did it my way. What do you need to let go of today? The spirit of rebellion will want to build a, a tower to make a statement. But a person who has submitted to God would build an altar. Say, Lord, I lay myself down on this altar. I lay my finances down. I lay my desires. I lay my hopes, my dreams. What are you trying to hold on to? Today you may be here and you've never, ever invited Jesus Christ into your life. You're trying to build a life without God. You know it's not working. You know it's not working. You tried everything in your own strength. You've tried everything to remove that shame. You've tried everything to, to make your heart feel right again, but nothing seems to be working. Why? You're doing it your own strength. The only person that can bring peace, eternal peace into your life today is Jesus Christ. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ and you want to respond to him today, you want to come to the place and say, I can't do this without you. Today, I submit my life to you. Today, I ask you into my life. There's somebody here that you've never, ever received Jesus and today you want to receive Jesus Christ. I'd love you just to raise your hand right where you are. Every eye closed, every head bowed. There's somebody here this morning. You've never received Jesus Christ. You've never received Jesus. Now maybe need to reach out and get some people in, eh? <laughs> Whereabouts are you trying to preserve your life? Where are you living your life at a preservation where God is saying, I want you to expand and to enlarge. Where are you trying to save? Where are you trying to save your life? Where are you try, Where are you living out of fear and not out of a spirit that's willing to yield? Where? Where is that? Where are you trying to hold on to parts of your life? One of the things I'd love to do right now is just to. We're just going to stand. As we're going to sing this song, come to the altar. If that's been you, if you know in your heart that actually you're rebellious, <laughs> or actually you're just trying to do something out of, you're motivated by fear and trying to preserve these parts of your life that you're trying to hold on to and not yet not let go. Just as we stand and worship, I'd love for you today to make that decision, to make that decision every day, that you would come to the altar, you'd lay your life down as a sacrifice, Submit all your ways to the Lord. Lean not on, on your own understanding, but submit to the life of Christ. Make a decision today. You will find that your life will be strong. You will find that your life will be prosperous. Your life, you'll find your life will be peaceful. Where are you facing frustration? Where are you facing turmoil, where are you facing those stresses in your life? If, the, if you're facing that in your life somewhere, then I would strongly suggest that somewhere you are trying to hold on. Somewhere you are not submissive. Not somewhere you're still trying to do it in your own way. Make a decision today. Lord, I bring this before you today. I ask you to come into my life afresh. I ask you today. I yield my life to you afresh today. Come on. Let's sing this morning.